This is your host, lawyer Stu Jenkins at Slow County Public Policy and the Law, K News 98.5, and we are privileged to be speaking today with election lawyer Chuck Bell. And Chuck, before the break, uh, we were just talking about how the legislature had realized that independent redistricting commissions were beneficial and and beneficial to the public and how they realized that the general formula in both of the initiatives that you'd helped pass for congressional districts and for assembly districts of trying to keep cities in one district, trying to keep communities of interest in one district, not having districts that bypass a population center to try to uh, make a long, long gerrymandered district to favor one or another party or a political uh, office holder, uh, that, that that actually had some benefits. And so in 2019, there were two statutes that got adopted. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Well, I think you're right. The, uh, the success or perceived success of the state redistricting process in uh, 2011 led uh, uh, legislators to believe that that was a pretty good formula for dealing with this. Now, they did not deprive uh, the the local boards of supervisors of the option of doing this themselves, but uh, in the Fair Maps Act, they imposed uh, standards for and criteria for redistricting uh, that were copied in the uh, other statutes that you referred to uh, for uh, redistricting at the county level mm -hmm. by either an independent commission or an advisory commission. Or by the Board of Supervisors Or by the themselves. Board, the, yes, the yeah. Fair Maps Act. So basically between the Fair Maps Act and the, and the 2019 enactments, they gave them uh, options. Uh, uh -huh. Really, the, you could do it as a board, uh, you could have an independent commission, which would not involve the board, or you could have an advisory commission that would you know, basically augment or, or provide input to the board in their redistricting process. There is some legislation pending to try to integrate all of the different redistricting um, provisions for local government. Do you know if that imposes the obligation at this point on, say, a county to adopt an uh, independent citizens redistricting commission? Well, uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, if that occurs. Mm -hmm. um, there was some criticism of uh, how... Uh, uh, several counties conducted their redistricting uh, by supervisor uh, in the, in this cycle. Yeah, uh, and this is one of them. So the question <laughs> the question really is is yeah. you know uh, whether whether the legislature sees fit in its wisdom to to basically deprive uh, boards of supervisors of that authority. Going back though. Uh, uh, Basically, the standards that are set forth in the, all of these enactments applicable to uh, supervisorial districts and also to city redistricting. Uh, and even school board redistricting. school board redistricting yeah. uh, are, are pretty common. You have a set of standards, as you mentioned, uh, 
in, in order, you have to follow the U.S. Constitution, Equal Protection Clause. You can't violate the Federal Voting Rights Act. And then you have a series of criteria that uh, the supervisors or the independent commissioner to use in uh, designing uh, these districts. Well, and that criteria is designed to uh, be useful and uh, effective in a county like uh, Amendor that has uh, 12,000 residents uh, all the way to a county as large as Los Angeles that has uh, 9 or 10 million residents, Correct. isn't it? And so, uh, and then it's, it, so how it's effective can vary based on the local circumstances. Yes, I think the interesting question is whether the state legislature will choose to impose a one-size-fits-all rule for all of them, mm -hmm. uh, from Amador uh, on up. And yeah. generally, it's the smaller counties that haven't undertaken that, although it's uh, surprising the number of uh, counties and local uh, cities, for example, that have adopted uh, redistricting commissions of one sort or another that uh, mm -hmm. that don't involve uh, or you know at least uh, lessen the involvement of uh, the, sure. the lawmakers, the ones who will be elected to these offices. Santa Barbara County, for instance, uh, did yes uh, just that, and uh, and I don't think Monterey County has, but I don't believe they have either. Yeah, I followed uh, the Santa Barbara County redistricting pretty carefully, and uh, uh, it was interesting to see how that, uh, that worked. And uh, uh, there are many challenges to doing redistricting. I'll just say that. So oh, yeah. time is, is one because you're constrained by uh, how quickly you get the census data and then how quickly you can organize these new commissions to get public input and structure them in a way that they can get effective public input and draw maps uh, on a very short uh, time fuse. One of the uh, interesting provisions that I read in the uh, California Maps Act was that it forbid mid-decade redistricting of uh, supervisorial districts except in particular um, circumstances. Um, one of which might be if the Board of Supervisors uh, or the public decided to change the supervisorial board from five to seven. There are places that do that. Um, and the other, one of the other ones was uh, in settlement of a lawsuit. And, of course, uh, recent events, the Board of Supervisors with a change in, uh, in the majority have decided to settle... Uh, with their own supporters who sued the previous, uh, well, sued the county uh, based on the uh, maps drawn by the previous majority. Um, do you see what 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 is the board going to have to do now in order to comply with the Fair Maps Act? Well, the Fair Maps Act requires them uh, to uh, go back and conduct public hearings. Uh, a particular section of them that says that they have to follow the same rules as they did from the start. So, so they don't just adopt the map that the plaintiffs in the lawsuit wanted. 
they actually have to go through the, the process from scratch. Is that right? Yes. I think there is a controversy about uh, what the San Luis Obispo Board of Supervisors will do in that regard. The settlement of the lawsuit that was approved by the judge and was set for a hearing in a couple of weeks um, uh, basically said um, uh, you got to have one hearing uh, and you got three maps on the table to consider. Uh, 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 there is a, I think, a credible legal position that uh, any time a redistricting is sent back to the board by a court, and I think that's whether it's by approval of a settlement agreement or uh, a decision mm -hmm. requiring them to redistrict, uh, that they have to go back and do full four or at least more than one. Well, so we'll the, see what, what the, position they take on that. The statute seems to require that they have at least four public hearings. Uh, one of them has to be at night so people can show up. One of them has to be on a weekend so people can show up. Um, and um, that, uh, I guess the other question is, do they have to take in new data uh, concerning all of the connections between places. Uh, the, the Fair Maps Act talks about uh, keeping communities of interest together, and that includes social connections, that includes economic connections. Um, and since the last redistricting, you know, there's, there's data that's happening all the time. Uh, there's changes happening in demographics and population. Uh, the, they don't just, under the statutes, depend on the last census, do they? They, they also can get uh, data from state agencies. Uh, well, they can, and that's, that's an open question, I think, uh, whether they're... Uh, whether they're required compelled to... ...compelled to use uh, any new data. Okay. Uh, but certainly they have to have public hearings, and... Uh, I think that there would be some objection here if there was an attempt to <clears throat> limit the, the scope of the hearing and the evidence that can be taken. Folks, we're speaking with uh, election lawyer Chuck Bell. We'll be back after this short break.